You can't miss Canty and Carlin. Pound for pound. The biggest show on ESPN radio. You're not off the hook yet, Dan. We'll get to that later. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. 888-SAY-ESPN is the call-in number. The Dr. Pepper call-in line be a part of the program, which we will urge you to do shortly at 888-729-3776. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We are on the ESPN app and also on your smart speaker. Good afternoon, Christopher Denzel Canty. I'm glad you brought in Denzel because I'm feeling Denzel Washington-esque. I spent the morning at the chop shop. For those of you that don't know what that means, talking about the barbershop, not some place where you get you know car parts on the low. It's tight, by the way. Exactly. It looks good. I the hairline. I got my razor edge this morning. My beard game is right. Like So I'm feeling really good today. So the fact that you threw in Denzel as the middle name, yeah. I'll take that today. And we going up. It's a Tuesday. Jam-packed show. Man, I'm feeling really, really good right now. Okay, and you're not upset that I didn't comment on your haircut earlier. No, I'm not upset. I I wouldn't expect that from the bald mamba. (laughs) As you should. It it would never, my haircut would never cross your mind. No, that's not true. I would try to keep all things in mind when it comes to you because I want to be an attentive uh, co-host. I almost said partner, co-host. Exactly. (laughs) If if you're saying an attentive partner, you're taking it to a realm that both of us would be uncomfortable with. But were you thinking about me last night? With my two former teams playing on Monday Night Football? A little bit, and I was thinking about the fact that Cooper Rush has played well enough right now, not to the point where there is a quarterback controversy, because there is no quarterback controversy. However, you can make the case that Cooper Rush has played well enough that it should put on ice Dak Prescott in terms of rushing back anytime soon and if you listen to what we hear prior to the game yesterday Dak has not ruled out as he told Lisa Salters returning next week Chris the Cowboys have done an amazing job of surviving here they've done a great job to not let the season get away from them because we both know that very easily could have happened many of us myself included thought the season was over but Cooper Rush's play should affect the timeline just a hair of Dak Prescott. I need to make sure he's 100% when he comes back. Well, let's go back to Jerry Jones' comments last week about the quarterback controversy piece of it. There is no quarterback controversy, no matter how well Cooper Rush plays, because Dak Prescott, is uh, he's a better player than Cooper Rush. He just is, and the Cowboys have made a significant financial commitment to him. And a lot of people will reference what happened with Tony Romo back in the day and how Dak took his job and became his his successor. This ain't the same type of dynamic, man. You're talking about Dak Prescott being on the right side of 30 still. There's a lot of runway on his NFL career. There's no way that the Cowboys are going to be moving off of Dak Prescott anytime soon. So when he comes back, when he is fully healthy, it's going to be his job. Now the question becomes... How well can Cooper Rush play in order to afford Dak maximum amount of time that he needs in order to be 100%? Because him gripping the football is a pretty big deal when it comes to his ability to be productive and play in the quarterback position. So I think that's the one thing that we have to wait and see on. I know that the doctors from the Cowboys were more optimistic post-op in saying that the timeline was going to be a lot shorter than they initially predicted. But with Cooper Rush playing as well as he is and that defense suffocating opposing offenses, my question to Jerry Jones and the Cowboys staff would be, 
what's the rush? Yeah, so to speak. Pun intended. Yeah. Well, here's Mike McCarthy after the game. You'll remember that Mike last week, the day after Jerry said, yeah, I'd love a quarterback controversy because it means that he's playing well and it means that things are going right. And McCarthy immediately said, there's no controversy. Dak's our quarterback. This is McCarthy after the game last night. We have a quarterback controversy. Hey, everybody, safe travels home. <laughs> so I think we get back a little earlier than you do. Sorry about that. Is there a quarterback controversy? Hey, everybody. Good night, everyone. Take care of your waitresses and bartenders. I got to go. But let me tell you why he's got a pun on that question, Carlin. Yeah. It's because Cooper Rush is playing so well. It is. It really is. And here's the thing. If you say that there's no quarterback controversy, it's almost disrespectful to what Cooper Rush is doing for your team. Because right now you're in a position where you're playing with house money. Well, hang if, on. We, if, if we assume that Dak Prescott is going to be out for about a month with this thumb injury, you're talking about them having to survive three or four games. You've already won two of the games. All right? And you've got the Washington Commanders on deck. So you're probably going to be favorited playing up against another division rival. So all I'm simply saying is this. We don't have to dismiss all of the notions that Jerry Jones threw out about quarterback controversy. Everybody should be secure enough in their position. I think when you start bringing up quarterback controversy, it lends itself to somehow, some way, disparaging what Cooper Rush has meant to this team the last couple of weeks. It does not. And if I got to all of a sudden worry about what Cooper Rush is feeling, I mean, that's just... Silly. Cooper what Rush. What NFL team is not worried about how their starting quarterback feels? He, you show them to me. The starting quarterback now, like for these couple of games, who understands these the other, couple of games that you need. Uh, yes. That you need. But is that an insult to him to say, yeah, when Dak comes back, he's our guy, when they're paying him $40 million a year? That's an insult to Cooper Rush. If I'm Cooper Rush, hey. I'm going out there. I'm doing my job. My job is to keep my team in these games and give us an opportunity. But I'm not going to take anything that the head coach says as a slight when they just gave this guy a massive deal. I understand. It's the rock. I know my role. I know my role. And that's why I wouldn't be insulted if I were Cooper Rush. But here's the thing. I got to worry about his feelings. Here's the thing. Cooper Rush is starring in his role, Carlin. And that's important because this football team is in a position where they need him. And so answering questions about the potential quarterback controversy, yes, it's not ideal for Mike McCarthy. You wish Jerry Jones had never let it come out of his mouth. But to downplay the quarterback controversy, in, in a sense, would downplay how well Cooper Rush has played. I, I don't Carlin, think it, Well, then why did he say it last week? He had no trouble saying it the other day. Well, well Carlin, Dak's our guy. Well, Carlin, here's the thing. He can think better of it. After after having a couple of days to digest what you said, you can recognize that this might not be the best way to handle a situation. Locker room dynamics are fragile, man. And this team is in a fragile state. Yeah, they can't win the Super Bowl in September, but they can damn sure lose it. And if they had lost against the Cincinnati Bengals, and if they had lost last night against the New York Giants, guess what we would be saying? Yeah, we want to rush Dak Prescott back, but what difference is it going to make on the Cowboys' season? Well, there's a difference here. There's a big difference here. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. He's doing a good enough job where we can say, Dak, it's okay. Take your time. And that may That is exactly what you should do. Absolutely. Dak Prescott doesn't need to play against the Washington Commanders. I totally and agree. I don't know that Dak Prescott needs to play against the LA Rams. But why do I need to worry about Cooper Rush's feelings all of a sudden? His do if I come out there, if I'm Mike McCarthy last night, 
And I actually say, well, we don't have a quarterback controversy. Dak's our starting quarterback when he's healthy. Does that upset Cooper Rush to the point where he's going to play poorly the next two weeks? What I'm saying is this, Carlin. The psychology of a professional athlete is fragile. It really is. It really is. More fragile guys, than and, I thought, apparently. And, guy, and guys can gain confidence or lose confidence based on what the head coach is saying or not saying about their performance and other players at their position. And Bill Parcells used to be a master at this in terms of being able to use the media to send certain messages to certain players. But right now, I don't want to mess with Cooper Rush's head. And engaging in a conversation about a quarterback controversy does me no good. It doesn't move my football team's agenda forward. So what's the point in coming out and making definitive statements when I don't have to? All I need to do is stack up as many wins as I possibly can with the backup quarterback until Dak is completely healthy and ready to go. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. In just moments, one of our insiders joins us to fill us in. If there is something brewing in Dallas, it's all right after Chris tells you about this from our friends at Vivid Seats. Football season is heating up and nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Not only does Vivid Seats have great NFL ticket prices, they're also the official ticketing partner of ESPN. And with Vivid Seats rewards... When you buy 10 tickets, you get the 11th free. So download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Receive a reward credit equal to the average price of 10 tickets purchased, excluding taxes, fees, and processing costs. See VividSeats.com slash rewards for terms and conditions. It was an entertaining Monday night football game, I'll give you that, for certain. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. That was a big night for the Cowboys to get to 2-1, and one, and we'll get to the Giants part of this in a bit because there's a lot to discuss there. But right now, we welcome in Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Jeff, we appreciate the time, as always, so... Like, it, it almost hurts my soul to ask this question. Is there actually the possibility of a quarterback controversy in Dallas? Bet. Don't do this. <laughs> you're going to do, you're going to, hey, you know what? Actually, I take it back. Jerry Jones opened the door to this. This is not our fault. It's not our fault when he's in front of the microphone three times a week, Jeff. <laughs> Why does he do it? It's unbelievable. Oh. He should be he should be one of the show producers for like our get up show in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I I mean I look, I do not think that in his heart of hearts he believes that there is any type of quarterback controversy. I think that Jerry Jones it's one of two things. Number one, he is the ultimate entertainer and understands the entertainment value of the NFL better than literally anybody. Uh, you know, as crazy as it sounds, as much as owners and GMs and all these people, they try to speak in cliches. Jerry understands that is the drama that sells. Um, the only other explanation I could have would be that, hey, look, if you can create value in a quarterback – what what better way to drive up uh, a market for a player that you could ultimately trade? Those are the only two explanations, because I will not subscribe to the final explanation, which would be that he believes that Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott. 
Okay, Jeff, so quarterback controversy aside, what we've seen from Cooper Rush over the last two games, does that in any way, shape, or form impact the timeline in which the Dallas Cowboys are going to put Dak Prescott back in as the starting quarterback? You know, only in the best way. That's where I would say that Jerry erred here. Like, because then all of a sudden, and maybe he has conversations with Dak behind the scenes that he doesn't say in public, but like, natural instinct for Dak is going to be like, dude, this guy's coming and trying to take my job. I got to get out there faster than I normally would, which is the opposite of the mentality you'd want. So I think if the Cowboys were, were, were wise here and, and they would say like, this is a perfect scenario for us because it allows us to take our time with Dak and make sure that he's fully healthy. Uh, I mean, I think that that would be the more prudent way to play this, but instead they're going to tap into his competitive instinct, which is going to be, I got to get back and make sure that I take my seat back. Uh, so, does it help the timeline? Sure. Um, is it going to cause Dak Prescott to be like, no, this is cool. This is great. Cooper Rush is doing a great job. No, I don't think so at all. No, I guess, Jeff, what I was asking was, this is, does this afford the Dallas Cowboys the opportunity to be more patient with Dak in his recovery from the injury? Yeah, they can. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they can be more patient. I just I think that when you have a franchise quarterback, that guy's going to push harder and get his way more than most players. That you can just say, "Hey, go sit in the corner until you're ready." Um, so yes, it does afford them time, and it allows them to perhaps win games. But I also think it's going to create some angst in the building that that might not otherwise be there. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. All right, you were at Dolphins Bills the other day. How do I evaluate this? Are they for real? Are the Dolphins for real? I mean, I don't think that we can say otherwise at this point. I understand our inclination because of their past um, to do that. But and, and I said, coming out of the Ravens game, I even was like, all right, yeah, but like, let's see what happens against the Bills. You know, and then going into the Bills games, I understand that people will say, well, their, de- their secondary was completely decimated. They had two rookie cornerbacks and two young safeties. If by people um, you mean me, yes, I will say that. Absolutely. Yeah, I would say, I would say most, most, most cynical people like yourself. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I no, I think, I think that's, that, is a, no, that is a natural, that's a natural instinct. I mean, I, the, look, look, let's put it this way. All of the, you know, this whole two-anon group, which is a weird thing to call yourself, but like these people who are like, you know, obsessed with the idea of Tua succeeding, that's a little too much too. I think that in general, if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, and I live in South Florida, so I see it, people are excited. They're happy, and they should be. This is fun for them, fun that they haven't had in years. Whether or not the Dolphins are for real, they look clean on offense. They stood up to a big test on defense. Um, so they're obviously, do I think that they're the best team in the NFL? No. Uh, are the Buffalo Bills ultimately a better team that wins um, four out of five times? Probably. But I think that there is nothing wrong with being excited about what the Dolphins are doing if you are a Miami, Miami Dolphins fan. Jeff, speaking of the best teams in the NFL, are the Philadelphia Eagles the ones wearing that crown right now? No. Like, I think they're right with, there with the Dolphins. Mm. I, and, and again, I'm not trying to be cynical, but coming into the season, yeah, I think there was some optimism about them because of, you know, anytime you have hope with an offensive line and protection and all that. But I think that both Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungavailoa 
with all due respect to what they've done in the first three weeks, need to put up a bigger body of work. And, and I'm, that's not trying to be cynical or hating on them. It's just the facts of life. Look, every year, the first six, five, six weeks of the season, look in 2020, like mid-October, Russell Wilson was the lock to be the MVP. No doubt. And what ultimately happened with that year? Like, it takes 17 games to truly prove that you're putting together a great season. Yes, the Eagles are doing a great job early on. So, too, are the Dolphins. Like, so are the Jets and the Giants, other than last night's game for the Giants. But it doesn't mean that in Week 17, we're not going to be back to talking about the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bucks, the Packers. Uh, I, I think that to truly prove that you have turned the corner into an elite team, you've got to do it for longer than three weeks. Speaking of which, Jeff, we got a big one on Sunday night with Bucks Chiefs, but uh, yeah. what's the early read on where that game might actually be played because of the hurricane? Right. So um, the, Dol- the 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 Bucks did travel down to down here in South Florida to train in the Dolphins facility for the next two days. It gets more complicated. I'm told that that uh, if the hurricane does hit Tampa very hard, and right now the projected path suggests it could go south. Which, which would be very beneficial to the Tampa Bay area and the, the storm surge. Not to be a meteorologist here, but as a Floridian, <laughs> speak from experience, <laughs> if it were to be a direct hit on Tampa Bay or go slightly north, it would cause the type of de- de- devastation that would cause the game to be moved. If that happens, I'm told the league does not want to play the game in the state of Florida, meaning in Miami, because they don't want to take state resources away. So I'm told that the early discussions are centering on Minneapolis. So if Tampa gets hit hard enough to where the game needs to be moved, look forward to be played in the Midwest, potentially Minneapolis, possibly Denver, but more likely Minneapolis. Appreciate it, Jeff. Thank you for the information and insight as always. Thanks, guys. And, oh, and the cynicism, too. Canty <laughs> 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 and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. That's interesting. Minneapolis, like I would have thought immediately they would have started talking about like San Antonio because that's a place where it has been before. Uh, but uh, Minneapolis would be interesting to see how they handle this. And uh, all we could do right now is just pray for everybody down in Florida and hope that this does not make that direct landfall that could really do some massive damage. Yeah, it's a scary time right now. we got to send our thoughts and prayers down there to people in the Flor- central Florida region because Hurricane Ian – it's a really serious storm. Yeah, there's there's no screwing around here, that's for sure. Canty and Carlin, as we said on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, at, off of last night, the Giants, they do have a major issue with their franchise, and it's not Daniel Jones. We will discuss and enlighten you. Well, not enlighten. I don't know if we'll enlighten. We'll talk about it. Yeah, exactly. We'll talk about <laughs> there it. There you go. I don't want to put myself on that pedestal of enlightening anybody. Well, I mean, you are the ball of mama. Yeah, but that doesn't. That, that all I all that does is shine the light off my head and blind somebody else. <laughs> Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play, and. Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Canton and Carlin. Cooper Rush is going to join Roger Staubach and Jason Garrett as the only Cowboy quarterbacks in history to win their first three starts. You want to get off in the division on the right foot. You know, this is kind of what we want to do. We want to come in here. You know, the division game is what it's about. Oh, they're coming in. They're coming in. Controversy. No controversy. But you're responding at 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Chris, let's get a couple of these calls in on the Canty and Carlin call-in line. Brought to you by Dr. Pepper. Be a part of the Canty and Carlin nation. Hit us up at 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Carolyn is down in Louisiana, up first on ESPN Radio. Hey, Carolyn, what's up? Hey, I would like to comment on that. It's Go. human nature to get hurt and someone takes a job and do a good job at it. That needs to wait. Jerry Jones only wants a win. Right now, he's winning. So ask that to open up a jaw of pickles and see if his thumb is ready. <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn makes a great point, though. This is a situation where you have to protect the player from themselves, and you got to understand that Dak might not keep it a buck when it comes to how he's feeling with those athletic trainers. You got to have to, it's a feel thing with this whole process. You're going to have to gauge his performance in practice. You know, the reports that you're getting from the training staff and the medical professionals, and then make a determination on when you're going to insert him back in the starting lineup. But Cooper Rush is giving you all the time you need because the guy just continues to win games. And Carlin, I didn't know if you knew this, but they had this little nugget on the broadcast last night. Cooper Rush, the first player since the NFL AFL merger to lead three, three fourth quarter or overtime comeback game winning drives in his first three starts. Wow. I'm just saying, that that's a long period of time, Carlin. That, Look, that's 52 years. I know. And we're talking about in his first three starts, last year in Minnesota, and then against the Cincinnati Bengals and the New York Giants, this guy leading game-winning drives in the fourth quarter. It's impressive. Now, I'm not saying that Cooper Rush is better than Dak Prescott, but Cooper Rush can operate the offense. Yesterday, you saw Wink Martindale try to heat him up with the blitz, and all Cooper Rush did was go 10 of 15 for 122 and a touchdown. That, that's what you got. in a 96 QBR against the Blitz last night against the New York Giants. Pretty damn good. Okay, but here, here's... I know what you're going to say. What's up? The players are human. <laughs> I mean, you have Dak, who is making $40 million a yep. year. Why would Dak, other than just an insecurity, why would Dak legitimately think about speeding up his healing process to come back when we all know he's the guy he knows he's the guy maybe like jeff uh indicated earlier it might be about hey we could trade cooper rush you know not too far off in the in the future if he continues to play well Mm -hmm. like there's there's just no need chris 
for him to rush his way back out of an insecurity when he's got all the security in the world. But we've seen quarterbacks rush themselves back in the past. Like Russell Wilson had all the security in the world in Seattle, and he came back after three games with a similar injury. Drew Bledsoe, he tried to rush to get back. He came back after five games, and Teddy Bridgewater was undefeated during that span. So, I mean, we've seen quarterbacks push to get back, and Carlin, I think it's just the competitor in them. It's a part of what makes those guys great. But seeing Cooper Rush play as well as he has is only going to add more fuel to that competitive drive that Dak Prescott has in terms of wanting to be back with his teammates. I mean, they literally can't cut him for two years without getting absolutely besieged on the cap. And and, and he's still worried about that. I get it. I don't, think I don't think he's worried about his job. I don't think this is a Wally Pipp situation. But he wants to get back out there, and he wants to prove that he can you know, elevate this team's play. Because remember, when we saw Dak Prescott against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it was ugly on top of ugly. And since then, all Cooper Rush has done is step in and make that offense look functional. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Is there reason for Cooper Rush to actually continue playing for the Cowboys? Here's Brad in California up next on ESPN Radio. Hey, Brad. Hey, guys. Quick question here. 2001, Drew Bledsoe was the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history. That's right. Just came off of bring, just brought the Patriots to the Super Bowl a few years prior. He goes down with injury. Do you think there was a talk show host on earth that would have said he'd not get his job back? Dak Prescott, never, I don't know, has he ever even won a playoff game? He's won one. One. He's one one. Talk show, it, do you think any talk show host on earth would have said Tom Brady would take that job? All right, listen. Brad, here's what I'll say. Call me back when they're in the Super Bowl because of Cooper Rush. That's all I'm saying. He played and, and he's the, played well. But here's the thing, Carla. The irony of that example is that even Tom Brady needed Drew Bledsoe to step back in when they played in Pittsburgh in the yes. divisional round. In order AFC to have a championship, AFC championship game, yeah. in order to advance to the Super Bowl, he did. He did. So, I mean, <laughs> leading up to the Super Bowl, there was who is it going to be? Yeah, exactly. Is it going to be Brady or Bledsoe? Exactly. But but he makes a valid point. Drew Bledsoe was the highest paid quarterback in the NFL's history when he got knocked out by Mo Lewis. Tom Brady stepped in and really never relinquished that job. I don't envision that being this. No, you know what I'm saying. I, I, Dak Prescott is a better quarterback, and here's the other thing. Tom Brady, that was his second season in the National Football League. Yep. Cooper Rush has been around the Dallas Cowboys for a minute. Yes. He's been there. They know what he is. They know what he's not. More importantly, he understands the system that Kellen Moore wants to run, which is why he's been able to operate the offense so efficiently. So it's the ideal backup situation, which affords the Cowboys time to be patient and let Dak heal up as much as he possibly can before they throw him back out there. I'm not saying it's a quarterback controversy, I just don't understand what there is to be gained by Mike McCarthy answering questions about whether or not it is a quarterback controversy. Joe is in Massachusetts up next. Joe, what's going on? Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, I just wanted to comment on this Dak Prescott thing. Dak is going to be – his ego is his own downfall because he's going to sit there and try and compete compete with Dak uh, – with uh, Cooper Rush when he doesn't even need to. Like you said, everyone knows that he has the job. So he needs to take the time to heal himself before he gets himself injured again. 
and then he's out for longer, and then the Cowboys really will be down and out without any luck. Look, I, I understand the mentality of never wanting to be comfortable in your situation, no matter how much you're being paid, because everybody's replaceable ultimately. No. Right? I get that. No, and you also got to understand this. Dak Prescott was a fourth-round pick. Yep. I get you, that come, too. you come into the league with a different mentality when you're a fourth-round pick versus a first-round pick. I was a fourth-round pick, too. You don't lose that chip on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. You always felt like you should have been drafted higher. Hell, Tom Brady talks about the six guys that went before him to this day, and he's been in the league 23 years. That doesn't go away. And so I think there's always going to be some of that with Dak Prescott, and that's why he wants to be the guy under center, and he doesn't want to give anybody else any other opportunities. Think about this. All of Tom Brady's backups had to fight for opportunities to get reps in practice. So I can understand where Dak is coming from when you see your backup leading the team to their first two victories this season. I told you what I heard about Brady in New England, that when Jimmy G was there or other backups, Brady would say to them, because along the lines of, you know, you're supposed to tutor the guy behind you, (laughs) Brady would say to them, you get one question a week. One question a week. And that question might be, how you doing, Tom? That's it. You get one question a week that you can ask. And, like, that happened. Like, somebody one week, I don't know if it was Jimmy G or somebody else, but one of the backups said, hey, Tom, how you doing? And he goes, that's one. Done. I'm great. I'll talk to you next week. (laughs) So, yes, no matter who it is, there is an insecurity, and I understand that. I just, I don't want that insecurity to be the downfall of Dak by coming back too soon. That's all. But it's not a DAC decision, and I guess that's the point I'm making. This organization has to protect the player from himself. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. We teased it a minute ago. The Giants, they've got an issue, but it's not their quarterback. We're going to explain what that is and why last night's win for the Cowboys might not mean as much as you think. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Canty and Carlin. Any of the Manning cast last night? Just a little bit. Yeah, me too. I, I go back and forth on the two broadcasts, but here's what I love about it. I love the giant sweater that Eli had on last night, by the way. <laughs> Outstanding. That seems like a candidate for the ugly Christmas sweater. Yeah, that's up there. Yeah, it's ugly, but it's not ugly where it's repulsive. Right. Yeah. It's not quite repugnant. Exactly. <laughs> but, Eli, I, I have to say, like, this was a first. The, he is funny. He will make his jokes. 
And he, usually his jokes are very pointed, but in a very playful way. I thought this one, in re- in reference to Russell Wilson and the paycheck that he just got, considering everything that has gone on so far, this was a, this was a little bit deeper of a dig than I would have expected. They should have paid that punter $235 million instead of Russell. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Wow. Wow. That's off the top rope right there. That really was. Yeah, are you with me? Is that a little bit? Deeper, like we're gonna jab a little deep, a little feels, twist of the it, knife. It feels personal. A little it feels twist personal. Of the knife. It, it feels like there there might be a little shade <laughs> being thrown at Russell Wilson for whatever reason, and I'm sure we'll never get the full story behind it. But Peyton probably already knows. That's why he had a chuckle on it. But it was funny in the moment. It was funny, and the reality is that that Broncos offense is not what we thought it was going to be when they acquired so Russell far. Wilson. I mean, they had Cortland Sutton and KJ Hamler and. Jerry, and Jerry Judy and Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, a solid offensive line, and you're trying to figure out, well, why hadn't this thing come around? I mean, look at look at their scores, <laughs> like, Carlin. Hey, I thought we traded Drew Locke. Yeah, 17 <laughs> points, 16 points, 11 points. I mean, what is that? What, what, are you, what are we supposed to make of the Denver Broncos? This is supposed to be a team that contends not only in the AFC West, but vies in the conference for a Super Bowl berth. And they look miles away from that right now. And based on their head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, how can you have any confidence that this team is going to be able to contend with the likes of the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills, the Baltimore Ravens, with the Cincinnati Bengals even, when it matters the most? You can't. You can't have confidence that that's going to happen. Best part about the Manning cast for me is every time you watch Peyton watching these games specifically, it feels like you're sitting in the film room with him. Yeah. And... It's actually funny when he get, gets a little bit annoyed at what's going on. I'll tell you the moment that really stood out for me when it was coming out of the half and Daniel Jones requested the ball be on the left hash and Peyton Manning called it out. He says they're expecting to do something, a perimeter run, jet sweep, something like that to the field. That's why he would do that requesting the ball be on a hash rather than in the middle of the field after a touchback coming out of the half. Mm. It was It was genius level in terms of what we should expect. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin. Do I feel like I'm back? I feel like I'm better. Hand off Saquon. Dances left. Into the end zone. Touchdown Giants. Jones takes the snap. Rolls right. Shovel pass for Barkley. Barkley in for the two-point conversion. This is the new Barkley because he's better than the old Barkley there. Look at that burst. Now it's like, you know what, f- everybody. Like, I'm ready to go crazy. He ain't lying the way he's played so far. Last night, 126 total yards between rushing and receiving for Saquon Barkley. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. I'll tell you what, that 36 yards camp before a touchdown, Mm. damn impressive, man. It was. Damn impressive. It was a really, really impressive run. You know the best part about that run, Carlin? He had the speed to get to the hole and then through the hole, and then he broke it out to the perimeter. Yeah. The old Barkley would have stutter stepped behind the line of scrimmage and then tried to outrun everybody to the corner. That's not what we're seeing from Saquon. 
we're seeing a running back that understands the value of a four-yard run. Sometimes you got to get those tough yards in between the tackles, and that's exactly what he's doing. And he's providing the offense an opportunity on the early downs and distances to stay on schedule. And that's what you want from a running back. Okay, but am I wrong to say this, Chris, that as you just described it, to the hole, through the hole, but then outside. Mm -hmm. When he's getting outside like that, and that's where I see the acceleration, that's where I believe he's back, right? That's where I know that this is the old Saquon because that's where he's able to hit. I think they showed the the next-gen stats. He hit 20 miles an hour on it. And at the same time, he's outrunning guys to the outside. It's not... When you're trying to get the corner, it's outrunning. To, am I wrong to say this? And when I try to evaluate that, like this is where, okay, I'm just going to flat out outrun these guys on yeah. this angle. No, that's what's happening right now. Yeah. He can do that. But-, but but they always say it's like a year after you get the ACL surgery that you're truly going to be back to what you were. Yeah, it takes a year. I've had a knee reconstruction, ACL, PCL, LCL. It takes some time to get back to yourself. But Saquon Barkley, what we're seeing from him is not just him getting healthy, but him understanding how you have to play the position at the NFL level. When he was in college, he could dominate. He could bounce it out to the edge all the time because he was just that much better of an athlete than everybody he was playing against. Some of those guys are selling insurance or they're working in law firms now. They're not playing in the National Football League. And so when you get to this level, everybody's big. Everybody's fast. And so you have to understand there's a certain way you have to play the game There's a certain way you have to run the ball in order to have success. And I like the Saquon Barkley that we see that's focused on getting past the line of scrimmage before he starts to make moves and try Mm. to get to the perimeter. That's what I like to see from him. Because the offensive line, as far as the run game is concerned, they've done a decent job of being able to open up some holes. I know we've seen some struggles in pass protection, but the run game, the offensive line is markedly better. And Saquon has taken advantage of the space that those guys are creating. Bill Parcells used to say this all the time. You never find out how good a running back is until they get past the line of scrimmage. I think people are realizing just how good Saquon Barkley is because he finally has an offensive line that's not allowing the penetration in the negative plays as often as we've seen in the past. Well, here's the problem, though. This is the rub. So the Giants are going to be at a decision after this season. What do you do with Saquon Barkley, assuming you're going to get a similar year on the back end that you got at the very beginning? where he's got nearly 2,000 yards from scrimmage. I don't know if he's going to hit that number, but if he has a big season like that, what does this look like? Because, I mean, Chris, I don't care. You can't afford to do anything like a McCaffrey contract. No, that can't happen. But he is leading the NFL in yards from scrimmage right now. If they would really, and when I say they, Saquon Barkley's representation, Rock Nation, CAA, if they would be willing to do a Nick Chubb type of deal, where you're talking about a three-year commitment, $36 million, Something along those lines, that's very palatable for the New York Giants. And I think based on the injury history, that's probably realistically what the market for Saquon Barkley is going to be because we know that the shelf life for running backs in the NFL is is not as long as other positions. And you can find running backs that can give you production in the latter rounds early in their careers in the NFL draft. So it's not a position where you have to use a lot of draft capital in order to find a guy that can produce. I get it. Saquon Barkley is special. But how big is the margin between him and guys like Alvin Kamara and guys like Nick Chubb that were mid-round picks? Yeah, this is the problem. He might be special, but he's special at the wrong position. There you go. He's special at the wrong position. And, And 
if he's looking for $50 million, that's not somewhere you can go anymore in the NFL. You can't go a four-year. Can you go four for 48? No. Why, why am no. I going four years? No, I, I know. I why, agree. Why would I go four years? This is already his fifth year, Carlin. How many more good years are you going to get out of second bar? Are you going to get this kind of production in year nine? No. 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 So, Chris, this is my point. Like, at what? It's almost, like, ba- it's almost had- like it's almost like baseball in a way, Carlin. It's like you're concerned about not only the average annual value, but the amount of years you want to commit yes. to this player. And I would think that given what's happened in the running back market the last couple of years, that the come to Jesus meeting has already happened of, hey, this is what we're going to be looking at. Oh, yeah. He's, he should blame Christian McCaffrey and Ezekiel Elliott for that because those <laughs> contracts are like anchors for those respective franchises. You know, I'll never forget uh, Eagles. Todd uh, Gurley's contract was awful, too, with the Rams, and that was an ugly ending. So yep. I, I just don't those see two the, killed it. I just don't see the huge money in free agency for Saquon Barkley, and there's no reason for the Giants to bid against themselves. I'll never forget Le'Veon Bell before he uh, sat out the year. Thought he was going to be getting like $75 million. And that fizzled pretty quickly. Those two contracts buried them. Chris Canty and Chris Carlin are Canty and Carlin. Don't miss them weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.